This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Have you heard about systems and how good they can be for your studio or business? Then today's episode is going to help you immensely. If it gives you some food for thought or you already have systems in place but want to take them to the next level, then my May group coaching workshop is right there ready for you. It is Tuesday 24th of May 12 p.m Australian Eastern Standard Time but as always like every month you're invited to attend live or register to receive the recording 24 hours later and you can access it then whenever you like as well as download all of the templates. I'll talk more about that in the podcast episode, but for now, check your diaries and um, check the booking link in my Instagram profile, which you can find at Dance Studio Success, or you'll find the link in my free Facebook group, The Collective for Dance Studio Owners. I'd love to see you at Systems School. Now, on with today's episode. Hello, everybody. Miss Jane here. Welcome back to another episode of At The Bar. Today's is a juicy one. Um, Systems doesn't, I know, ooh, sexy. No, systems do get me fired up. I, um, I am a really lucky, and I don't use that word lightly because I do believe for um, a greater part of luck that it is not something that just happens to us but that we create it but in this instance I am going to say that I'm lucky because when I got a job in a corporate setting in an insurance company I was introduced to systems so I just kind of thought well that's how every business operates because I could see the way they had systems and so I just basically replicated it (laughs) when it was time to open up my own business. And then 10 years later, somebody asked me when I was beginning to do some coaching, oh, you know, when did you, when did you start putting systems in your business? And I was like, day one, like, duh, doesn't everybody? And then I found out more and more, but that no, not everybody does because, not because they don't want to, but because they either don't know that they should or could and they don't know how. So that's where I'm saying, yes, I am absolutely lucky that I had that exposure to how a big business can scale 
and um, use systems. And I attribute a lot of my success to that. So who knew that my time at the insurance company could be so rewarding? I mean, aside from that, I met my husband. So it was a pretty cool time. (laughs) Systems and a husband. Anyone? I'm the winner. All right. So let's talk about systems because we've got systems school coming up at the end of May. So that's my May group coaching workshop. And that's where I'm going to, if you don't have any systems or you just have an inkling that maybe you could do it better, then that's where I'm going to show you how I set up the systems in my studio and how I keep them up to date, which is a big one, and how I hold my team accountable. But before we do that, let's talk about what they are and why we should have them. So what they are is a recipe for success. So if you have, and you know, they're getting less common now, but but hopefully you might have some kind of recipe book that is handwritten, you know, in, in the time before computers. My grandma certainly passed on some recipes and they're very special because they are in her written hand. And my grandma is is no longer with us on this earth anyway. And so we are able to recreate those recipes because she left us a process of steps and, you know, however many years later, here we are, probably not nailing it 100%, if I'm honest, but doing a pretty good replica and certainly a better replica than if we'd had no instructions. And that's how I feel about systems. They really are a recipe card. And I also love um, one of my children is in primary school, the other in high school now, but they do procedure writing as part of their curriculum. And so Liam was talking to me about, oh, a procedure for this and a procedure for that. And I was like, yay, you want to know that, mate, if you're gonna if you're gonna run a business one day. So get get, you know, an A on procedure writing. Where they really come into their own, there's the big one is delegation. So a lot of the time small business owners resist handing over tasks because over time they have undergone a series of trial and error and they've found a way of doing something and they just do it. But they also don't can't either can't be bothered or don't want to explain that to somebody else because um, you know, it takes too much time. Um This is where systems are a little bit of an Achilles heel because it's an investment. So if you are doing a task that you're going to have to do again or in our business, in in running a studio, both the good and the bad is that our years, you know, certainly not, not COVID years, but any other time, were pretty predictable. You know, we had a, we had, we have different seasons. We have enrollment season, we have performance season, we have exam season. However, you run your studio, you'll find each year you're like, oh, here we are again. And so that's a perfect business to systemize. So when you're doing something, what's the likelihood of you having to do it again? In which case, you need to change your mindset about a system being like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me double the time to let's do this so that maybe in the future, somebody else can do it. And so, it will really help you delegate. It will really help you get across that roadblock later of, oh my goodness, nobody else knows how to do it because 
our our goal is that everybody, you know, we should definitely know, sorry, we should definitely know what all the different tasks and responsibilities are in the business. And I always like to do them first. So I've got a good understanding and then hand them over. But we don't have to do them all day to day. And obviously it's it's not really sustainable if we try once our studios reach a certain size. Um, you know, smaller studios, which are valid, and I never want to to kind of shame studios about size because everybody has different needs and wants for their business. And I, I'm a big advocate for less is more in recent years, but that's not always been the case. So whatever the size of your studio is, is and it's good for you, then I'm happy for you. But over around about 100 students is where you're going to be wanting to lean in on those systems a little bit more. When it comes time to actually bring on staff, either if you've had somebody in a role and then you you need to replace them or those initial first hires, systems are going to get people up to speed in a much quicker fashion. And I've experienced this recently and I have actually over a number of times, obviously, after being in business for 16 years, I've had people come and go. And the two core um, roles that support me in my business are my administrative manager and the principal or studio manager. And over the 16 years, initially I did both those roles, but once I got somebody in those roles, I didn't ever want them back. <laughs> and so I um, when people have left those positions, because we are a systemized business, it's meant handing over the reins means less of my time. You know, I don't have to, I'm obviously involved a little bit in the training, but I don't have to really spend a huge amount of training on like, this is how you do this task. I'm like, look at the system, do the best you can with it, then come to me and we'll see you know, if there's any discussions to be had. And most recently, um, with the change of studio manager, we found that has been worth its weight in gold. My studio manager is also my performance manager. There is a system for our senior performances. There is a system um, for our junior performances. All of those have little systems within them. And she's really been able to print them off, review them, suggest some changes and go to town literally with it. So a system is basically step-by-step, -step, a procedure manual. You can video it. Um, I tend not to because I'm often a little bit wordy in the <laughs> when I'm issuing instructions verbally. Have you noticed, podcast listeners? I'm a little bit wordy. Perhaps you had noticed. So I tend to like to type up my instructions as I'm doing a task. You can obviously put in screenshots and things like that to help you. Um, and sometimes it can be as simple as having a checklist. So I'm a big fan of checklists because you can literally glance down at the system and see what needs to be done. And so at the studio, we have a system for opening and closing the studio, which means that 99.9% .9 of the time, air conditioners are not left on, windows are not left unlocked or open, lights are not left on, all of those little things because those systems are checklists and it's a matter of 
have you done these? Then yes, leave the building. And also because we have the clarity with those checklists, if on the very rare occasion that they are not followed completely, then we are well within our grounds to speak to that staff member and just ask them, hey, listen, just a little bit of an oversight here. Make sure in the future that you you take extra care. And obviously, um, you know, if they fail to do that week after week, then you you know you've got a bit of a problem. But otherwise, you know, your your studio could have its lights and air conditioner on every night and you wouldn't perhaps know. So delegating, absolute benefit, and then onboarding, you know, new staff, it puts you in a much less um I guess, stressful position because often people leave quite abruptly. You know, sometimes people give you notice, but even when they do, um, it can it can kind of throw you into a bit of a tailspin. But instantly, whenever somebody leaves my organisation, I know it's systemised. I know I've got that to lean back on and I feel good as much as I can, you know, if I'm sad about them leaving. So you might have... Um, heard of a system before as like standard operating procedures or or a playbook in my studio we refer to it as the playbook um as if we are sports people (laughs) which clearly we are so far from being sports people in my organization but hey i've heard that um in some sports, there's a coach's playbook. And, you know, if anything happens to the coach, well, look, here's the list of plays that we've been rehearsing. I don't think they call it rehearsal in sports. Training. We've been doing that training and um, here's how we're going to attack this. So we use a playbook. And one thing that used to irritate me when we first adopted our playbook was the idea that it, we might finish it one day. And it really it sounds silly now, but I'm going to say it anyway, in case you're having a similar experience or thought. It really got me down because we'd we'd write a system and then we'd be like, oh, that's outdated. Oh, we have to update it. Or, you know, we'd go and do something and we're like, oh my gosh, that doesn't have a system. Here's something else. And then we flipped our mindset because it was getting us down. Because, you know, we like to be completer finishers. We like to have that sense of a accomplishment, check, tick that box. We flipped our mindset and we realized it was never going to be done, <laughs> which is an uplifting and motivational quote for you, isn't it? Your systems will never be finished. Hurrah. And we put some checks and balances in to make sure that we were updating our, our procedures. And again, this is where our our cycle of business is really handy. So let's say you're like me and you start to re-enroll the the next year at the same time every year, the, the year prior. So I'm in Australia and we work kind of February to December. And so we re-enroll or we put out our re-enrollment pack on the 1st of November or there as you know, close to as possible each year and we have for 10 years. And so therefore, part of our system is following the same timeline that say in, um, you know, maybe September, we start looking at timetabling. In October, we start updating all of our information packs and we follow that system and we follow that timeline. And each time we use a system, 
we've now got better. We, we were really bad at this to begin with, but we open it, which sounds funny. It's a little bit like um, the experience you may have if you teach syllabus. So, um, you know, set exercises, RAD, Shaketi, ATOD. When you've taught an exercise for a number of years in a row, you start to kind of morph it a little bit, not not hugely, but you might, you know, change the timing ever so slightly or forget. It's a little bit like Chinese whispers. And then, you know, the exam results come back and they're like, take care with the timing or watch the position of the leg. And you're like, oh, whoops, because you haven't gone right back to the set exercise, reread it or watched it on the DVD. And so the same thing can happen if you've taken the time to write a procedure or you've paid somebody else to, then it really is in your best interest that whoever is using that system is going to open it and follow it. And then it will also prompt those little tech updates, you know, sometimes our tech changes, improves, and we have to tweak the system. Sometimes you will have somebody new come in and review a system and go, hey, I actually know a much easier way. Do you want me to update that? Yes, please. And so a really good tool is every time whoever is using the system is to have it open when you're doing the work. When you first start using systems as a framework in the studio, it can be really overwhelming about where to start. Just start and also take the pressure off yourself. If you do have staff, then they, the people who are doing the work should be writing the system. So if, if um, I'm suggesting a new way of doing something, then I will write the system. But if somebody's been in the role for a while and they're the ones doing the work, then get them to write the system. And you can, of course, review it. I um, don't anymore, but when we really wanted to tighten up our system on systems, and yes, we have one, a system for systems, <laughs> where does this end? When we really wanted to tighten that up, then I was proofreading a lot of the, the systems just to make them really consistent. Um, and we can go through the hows a little bit more if you join me for that that coaching. There's not really something I can show you in a podcast, um, and we certainly don't want to have an eight-hour podcast. Don't worry, we're not going to have an eight-hour training either, but just, just be aware that it is overwhelming. So start at the highest level. What you'll find is I've mentioned checklists and so, if we use um, perhaps re-enrollment, because I've already mentioned that, then the high-level checklists will be those timeframes, you know, in by a certain month, have the timetable drafted by a certain date or time in the month, have the timetable reviewed and ready to go by a certain time. So, that's like that high-level system, start there, and then you can iterate from there. And so perhaps the system might be how to update the enrollment pack for the subsequent year. And these are the things to look for. You know, make sure whoever is updating the enrollment pack really scans for all of the dates because that's that can be confusing if you've gone through and updated an old document and you've missed last year's date. Um, people will tell you, won't they? They're sometimes not great at reading things until there's a mistake and then they're very good 
aren't they, at letting you know. Um, you know, dear Jane, it's a bit confusing. On page two, you said, and on page three, you said. So that's part of the system is even maybe having um, we, we have a bit of a rule for anything that is a customer-facing document, any time of external communication, where possible, it's not always possible, but most of the time it is, that two sets of eyes will look at that document. And so that, will, that would be part of updating our re-enrolment document. Whoever is updating it then sends it to somebody else to read because you know when you are looking at something for so long, you just see what you want, don't you? You're just like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess like they're the main things that I, I wanted to talk to you about. Like A, really good at helping you delegate because it's it's kind of like your brain on paper. And B, really good at helping get people into new roles quickly if you need to fulfill a, a new role quickly. Um, C that whole mindset that they are probably never going to be quite finished. <laughs> D, that if you are investing time and money, that you use them and so that they're always open. And, um, yeah, kind of just going going from there. And, and probably what letter was I up to? E or F? I don't know now so good at better at counting to eight than doing my alphabet um just also keeping an eye on you know who, who's creating systems and how regularly so when we were really pushing our systems and trying to to get our playbook up to date i was saying to my my teams i want you know what system are you either writing or updating this week and so with everybody doing i had quite a big team that was at my absolute peak where we had um, 900 students and I had seven in my leadership team. So that meant we were writing seven systems a week and we did that consistently for the year, all right? We were so good that year um, and it really set us up for success. So if you can think about if you're starting out, well, how can we just, you know, it's that um, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Should you want to eat an elephant? I don't know why that phrase is what it is but anyway the point is it's just one little step at a time try not to get overwhelmed by it um, but also go on like start how you would like to continue so there's nothing worse than creating a system and then getting halfway through it and then recreating a system and then getting halfway through it and then recreating a system you know because you're constantly reworking and going back over what you've already done and so I always kind of say, you know, time is money. I'm not writing a lot of these systems anymore. But even if I was, my time is worth money. My time is worth my sanity, but I'm paying people. And so, um, you know, some systems might be worth $30 by the time somebody's spent 90 minutes or whatever on it. So you don't want to be wasting time or money. Um, so you, you really want to get it right from the get-go. You don't want to redo it over and over again. And that's why giving it some thought right at the beginning um, 
yeah, and if you want to have a sneak peek about how I set up systems, the checkpoints I have in place to make sure that they are really consistent, I think consistency across the organisation, particularly if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to scale, then a system should look pretty well the same. So having a header, talking about who's responsible for this system, um, any kind of timelines involved, where the system lives, getting your team to save it in in particular ways so that other people can find it, having it in you know a Dropbox or a Google Drive. Um, there are also online um, ways of storing systems so that actually these are going to 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 prop up your business when when you're not there to be asked or when you've achieved, or yeah, basically work-life balance and, and you're not in the office for whatever reason. You might be having a day off. You might be growing another business. You might be on maternity leave. These are all great reasons to have systems. Aside from the fact that everybody should have an exit strategy at well as well at some point. So that means, you know, maybe at some point you might consider selling your business and a business that is systemized, that can be handed over, is going to be of a higher value in terms of finance than one that is not. Because otherwise, what have we got? We're a service-based business. We can't guarantee our students are going to stay. Many of us don't own our own buildings, so we're not selling that. So what are we selling? Well, we're selling the system of doing business in this way so that somebody um, could come in, you know, if you've you've had a studio for 20 years so that somebody could start at that 21-year mark and not have to go all the way back to zero and do all of that discovery and rediscovery that you have done over 20 years. So if you like the sound of that, but, you know, like I said, perhaps you have some systems in place, perhaps you don't, Either way, if you want to go deeper into this with me and um, really look at how I set this up, um, I'll share some templates as well, the, the template we use. I'll share the system for systems that I use um, and all sorts of kind of tips and tricks. Then look in my Instagram bio. You can find me at Dance Studio Success. We are meeting on Tuesdays always. We always have uh, group coaching generally on the last Tuesday of every month. So we're meeting on the 24th of May, Tuesday, the 24th of May for Systems School. And we will be live at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. If you can't come at that time, then read and you'd still like to, to do the learning, then register for the event and I'll send you the recording as well as all the templates in a Google Drive. So you can really just, you know, watch. We generally run from around 60 to 90 minutes, watch the recording, download the templates. Next day, you're a systems queen. How good's that? Anyway, I could talk about systems, believe it or not, I reckon you probably can believe it, for another, I don't know, hour, two hours, but I won't. 
I won't, because that would be a long podcast and Stacey, producer Stacey would be cross with me, I'm sure. So I hope you're all doing really well. I'd love to see you there. If if not, perhaps then this recording has also given you some ideas as well. And that's my hope. That's why I share, um, you know, these little tidbits through podcasts um, in the hope that maybe it can get your brain whirring and um, help keep you motivated on, on these kind of tasks. All right. Till next time. Go well. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 